Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thanks, Peter. Wow, God is good, hey? I hear it's Di Aubrey's birthday today. Happy birthday, Di! Serves in lots of areas of our church. And uh, who is it? Renelle's birthday. Congratulations. Anyone else got a birthday? Peter Ford is on Tuesday. Pastor Peter on Tuesday. Anyone else has got a birthday this year? Have an awesome birthday. Die. I just felt the Lord say you've got an open heaven, overflow, and there's much, much more. So just keep running for it. Hallelujah. God, speak to us through your word today. Thank you for your holy presence. Thank you for the atmosphere shifting over people's lives today. Thank you that you are changing our lives. Lord, you are opening heaven so that we can live in the overflow. I thank you for your living word now, setting people free in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow, God is so good. Psalm 23, one of my favourite psalms. Some of you probably can quote it off by heart, and it's very powerful. Verse 5 and 6 say, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my... Wow, it'd be much better to have a table in the presence of our friends or at church or our family. But God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. And we want to look at this today and just see three things that happen when the presence of God fills our lives. The Passion Version says, You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? Wow, when God's presence is filling our heart, you don't need to fear the future. No matter what's happening, no matter what the media says, what naysayers say, what conspiracy theorists say, hey, when you're walking in the presence of God and His Spirit fills your heart and overflows, you don't have to be afraid of whatever the future is. Because our God is greater. Greater is He that's in you than He that is in the world. (coughs) Do not let fear rule our hearts. It goes on and says, For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Did you see that? The word follow is actually pursue. It says, the, uh, some of the verses say, the goodness and mercy will follow me. The actual meaning of that word is pursue. God pursues you to fill you with his goodness and mercy and love. Some people think the enemy is pursuing them to bring havoc in their life. Let me tell you, God is much greater and, and His pursuing is way more important than any scheme of the enemy because God just has to try and catch up with some of you because you're so busy, overwhelmed by stuff or busy doing our stuff. 
instead of kingdom stuff where God can catch up with you and overflow you with his blessing. Hey, the enemy tries to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And it's what are you going to focus on? You're going to focus on fear and the schemes of the enemy and the lack, or you're going to focus on the overflowing presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And I love this church. There's a passion, there's a hunger, there's an increasing desire for the kingdom of God. We're going to come back to those verses in a moment. Have a look at them. But it's interesting when Jesus, just before he left the earth, he gave the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's recorded three times in the gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, and there's a different emphasis in each, all three of them. I hadn't seen this until recently, and uh, Pastor Mark Verig is at a national conference, and he mentioned it briefly, and then went on with the rest of his sermon, and I just think, whoa, let's, let's back back and unpack that a little bit. It says in Matthew, which is the most well-known one, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, in the Amplified it says, Jesus came up and said to them, these are just before he went to heaven, All authority and power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, the therefore means you go because he's got all rule and authority and he's invested in us by his spirit. So you therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, (coughs) teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age." I heard one preacher say, if there's no go, there's no low. In other words, low, I'm with you always. If you're not going and doing, you don't always necessarily have that overflowing promise. But when you go and doing what God says, he's, I'll, I'll be with you always. I'll be pursuing you. Not only to fill you up, but to overflow you. So in this, mess, in, in this com- great commission, the theme is on teaching and discipleship. You go and you make disciples to teach them equip them show them how Jesus wants to live so that's an important part of being a Christian you are discipling your children and your grandchildren we're discipling new Christians we are ministering and mentoring and coaching one another in the ways of God the word of God is our foundation and teaches us how to live in this crazy mixed up world where the values and culture has just become so crazy But the word of the Lord stands forever. And we need to teach, disciple, equip, reach out. And there's a focus on teaching. So we need power and process. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we need the discipleship process to keep changing our lives. To sowing in to the people in our world, in our church. And so we have uh, connect groups and and, uh, training and equipping. And Sunday nights... The Lord said, I want you to teach and equip people to know, understand the gifts of the Spirit and how to move in the power of the Spirit because we need understanding to flow in His way. So the Matthew Great Commission is primarily focused on going and then teaching and making disciples. I love the Mark one. This is one that all of us love. 
and it's got a theme of revival and supernatural. So in Mark 16, verse 15, and Jesus said to them, remember this, he said this just before he went to heaven, as you go into all the world, he wasn't telling them to go, he says, as you go, so he just expects us to go and live for him, preach openly, so instead of teaching, he says, you've got to preach as well, declare the breakthrough, the power of God. So we preach and teach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. We just sang today, this is a house of miracles. It says, they will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles announced new everywhere as the miracle signs that come to them. So the, the commission Matthew was focused on teaching discipleship, reaching, teaching discipling. One in Mark was the revival supernatural. Go out and I'm going to be with you and you'll see the and miracles and transformation and deliverance over people's lives. We need both of those happening in our lives, in our church and in our community if we're going to see our community transformed like they did in the book of Acts. Because sometimes in church we end up focusing on one or two areas according what is our gifting or what we get drawn to. But when the body of Christ is flowing together properly and all the ministry gifts are flowing, you're going to see reaching, you're going to see teaching, discipleship, you're going to see supernatural, breakthrough, deliverance and healing. And then we go to the uh, Luke one and it focuses on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, verse 46, he told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high so here we see the Luke version he says go but don't go until you're filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit I've seen some incredibly zealous people for the kingdom of God but they end up getting burnt out wounded discouraged offended sometimes because we haven't understood that we need to be going filled and overflowing with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and then you're equipped. The Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, moving in His power doesn't make you a better Christian but it definitely makes you better equipped. And I believe sometimes in our zeal to please and serve God we haven't always understood the three mandates that Jesus gave. He says go, teach, disciple, Go and release the supernatural deliverance, healing, the power of God, but make sure you're filled and overflowing with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to make it happen. And I believe God is restoring all of those parts and aspects back to the body of Christ. And as we do, watch out because we'll see a great revival and move of God. Jesus gave us the pattern here, and I've never seen this until two weeks ago, that 
there was a different emphasis and all three of them together is what God needs for the body of Christ to be fruitful, powerful, healing, discipling, raising up godly generations. All of those things are included in the three different mandates that Jesus gave. And some of you will be drawn. Some of you love to teach and disciple. Other people love the supernatural and the breakthrough and the healing. Other people are wanting to help people to be healed and free so that they can overflow with the blessing and favour of God. All of them are important. Don't be competing saying, well, this is more important. Teaching's more important than preaching. No, Jesus said they're both really important and essential. Some of you will teach, some will preach. Some will pray and see the breakthroughs. Some will minister healing to the brokenhearted. The Holy Spirit's come to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. So we've all got different aspects and gifts in our lives. And when we function together, the church is healthy, whole, and the kingdom of God is released on this earth. And I believe the Spirit of God is equipping the church to understand His original mandate and to be filled filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I believe this is a word from God to help us understand how we need to live. And churches that focus on just one or two areas will be fruitful in that area, but they're not going to shake their whole town or city because they've only got one part of the puzzle. The Holy Spirit brings all of it, all of it together. By his so we need to build a relational culture with a revival atmosphere. Need to love one another, forgiveness, healing, wholeness, families, generations, and then we need the revival atmosphere of breakthrough and power and the overflow of the supernatural because the kingdom of God is a supernatural kingdom, not of this world. Let's go back to Psalm 23. Just want to pick out three points of what happens in Psalm 23. What will happen when the anointing of the Holy Spirit is filling your life? Number one, it says, it will silence the enemy's lies. It says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of my enemies. All of us have spiritual enemies. It might be the enemy of rejection. It might be the enemy of fear or anxiety. It might be the enemy of shame because of what we've done or the brokenness of our lives. It may be the enemy of limitations and we thought, well, I'm not good enough, so therefore, unworthiness, so I'm not going to step up and have a go. But it says that when the anointing of the Spirit of God is in our lives, he said, I anoint your head with oil. What lives in our head? Hopefully our brain, our thinking capacities. We need daily the presence and anointing of the Holy Spirit over our thinking processes, over our minds, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if our heart is filled with the presence of God, you're going to speak words of life. It says, I believe, therefore I speak. You will speak out of what you truly believe. You can read the Bible, says God's going to provide all my needs, but when you're in trouble, you start to speak, oh, how am I going to make it? You are speaking out of the lack instead of faith. And God wants to change and renew our minds so we have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit is there revealing truth to us. And when our mind 
is baptised daily in the Word and the presence and the worship of God, you will think differently, you will speak differently and therefore you will live differently. Because we need to declare the Word of the Lord. Don't just describe your problem. Let's declare the answer in Jesus' name. Our nation's got a lot of needs and we need to face those like we're doing today. But then you start declaring and living out what God's promises say because that will release it. In the old days, shepherds, they would anoint the head and the mouth area of a sheep. And the anointing oil, whether it was olive oil, whatever, it would cover them and it would keep the blowflies and the insects that would sting them and then bring worms and grubs that would eat and destroy the sheep. That's the picture that the psalmist is speaking about. He said, he anoints my head with oil. That's what he was talking about. The people there knew what it meant. And even some farmers today still use things to, to protect them from being fly-blown. And then um, worms come and they can eat up and destroy the life of the sheep. If it doesn't kill it, it will greatly limit its ability to eat and digest and it will be a weak sheep. Pardon? Yeah, they submerge them in, in, in the dip or in the uh, oil. Matt comes from an old uh, farm, our bush. He knows how it works. Hey, we need to be submersed every day in the, the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need to let His presence fill our minds and our hearts by the Word of the Lord. What, you say, how do I do that? I don't need to build a dip out the back and jump in every morning. Put a bit of olive oil in my swimming pool and that'll be okay. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. But we need to let the presence of God, the Word of God, put worship music on, speak in other tongues, let the overflow of His presence so fill your life. Memorize, declare, sing the Word of the Lord so that your mind's renewed, the anointing's released, and the enemy is silenced. Whoa! Way too many of us have the enemy just niggling away in our ear, saying, you're not good enough, you can't do that. You've got all this shame and guilt over your life. You're not gifted enough for that. You don't know enough. All these lies, that's the enemy, needs to be silenced over our minds and our hearts. That's why after you have a great prayer meeting or a church service or you have time together worshipping God or your devotions, you really connect with God, you can take on the world. The enemy's lies are silenced for those next uh, hours or even days. You go to a conference, you get full and overflowing for the next two or three weeks. It's like the enemy's voice is silenced. But then if we don't keep ourselves full and overflowing, he start, his, his words start to come back in. Because he's out to steal, kill and destroy. He's out to demobilize the body of Christ. If he can't stop you, just get you de distracted or demobilizes us. And sometimes there are strongholds, even as Christians, we can have strongholds over our mind or our heart that are holding you back. Oh God, he wants freedom, freedom, total freedom over our hearts and over our lives. It says, until you are clothed with power from on high. 2 Corinthians 3.17, one of our scriptures for this year, free in 23. 
Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The glory of God is the manifest presence of God, which means you're full and overflowing with His presence and truth and life. You're not consumed by the lies of the enemy to rob and steal from you. You're not competing with others. You're saying, well, I understand what they're doing, but I'm here to build this part of God's purpose and kingdom. And God wants us to live in free, freedom. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For the Lord, the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid or fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So when fear is ruling, you know it's not from God. You know it's not from God. And that's one of the enemies we've got to silence every day. Every day. Every day we've got to silence that enemy of fear because it'll rob you and steal from you. Be strong and courageous. How do you get rid of that? So how do you silence the enemy? Get the presence and anointing of God filling and overflowing your life. However you tap into that. With devotions, the word. Worship, prayer, fellowship, whatever it is. Because when the enemy tries, his voice gets louder, you'll feel, oh, I'm not good enough to go to church today. I'm just feeling a bit tired. That's the very day you need to get up and be here early. I've been reading through the word, but oh, mate, I'm just so overwhelmed. I've got 4,000 emails to catch up when I work. I'll go to work two hours early and you forget your time of just filling up your soul and silence in the enemy. Silence the enemy. Oh God, help us. I want to encourage you, be more concerned with freeing people than focusing on how it happens. Sometimes when we pray for people and, and we see deliverance happen and, and strongholds break, don't get caught up in the process. Just want to see people free and let the Holy Spirit do it His way. Because He's very personal some people just sit in church and they walk out totally free from a stronghold. They've been through a traumatic time and just in worship they walk out lighter and freer and they know something shifted. Other times there are hooks and triggers in our souls and we need some time to fill ourselves with the Word. We need someone to minister with us and help us unpack how that stuff has blocked and the voice of the enemy is so strong we don't know how to get rid of it. That's why we have break-free counselling and prayer and ministry and support for people because sometimes we can't see our way through and the Holy Spirit will use one another to unwrap the grave clothes off of our lives. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he still had the grave clothes on. He says, you go and unpack them. You unwrap them. The Spirit of God sets us alive, and then we, have, we work together to see people walk in freedom. That's why transformation is a journey and a process. God will supernaturally do things, but then we've got to unpack it and learn to live in freedom. So I want to encourage you. The Spirit of God says, you will see strongholds break. Focus in on the freedom and let the Holy Spirit give wisdom on the process. The Lord's Prayer is quite amazing. Matthew 6, 9 to 13, probably most of you know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses that we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from... Hold on. Jesus taught us to pray every day that we will not be led into temptation and we will be delivered from evil every day. Whoa. Whoa. In other words, as Christians, the enemy's schemes can come and steal and rob for us, from us regularly if we're not really alert and living in the overflow. Jesus taught us every day, don't let me be led into temptation. And the uh, NIV says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, which is probably a more accurate thing. The evil one can be the enemy himself, or it can be his lies, the, the fear, the strongholds, the lack, all of those things, the shame, the guilt. So Jesus taught us every day, say, look, pray, deliver us from the evil one. That doesn't mean you're worried because the enemy's chasing you every day. Don't be under the circumstances. We're overcomers. We're, on, we're, we're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. But the enemy will try and find a weakness if he can. Don't let any triggers be left. Let the Spirit of God con continue to heal and restore our souls. Be filled up with His presence so the lies of the enemy cannot land in your mind or your heart. They've got no resting place. No resting place. And God's stirring up His church Son of the church, we haven't been strong enough because we haven't understood how this works. But the Spirit of God is releasing His anointing. He's filling and overflowing us. He's pouring His Spirit out on us so that we're strong in the Lord and we live in His freedom. And we pray personally, Lord, deliver us from the evil one. I don't focus on the enemy. I don't go chasing demons or evil spirits. If one's in the way, I'll deal with it. That's how I live. I focus on Jesus. I am amazed. Some people get so caught up. Oh, the enemy's chasing me all the time and I got this, 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 and this. Hey, God wants to set us free and teach us to live in freedom. Pray that prayer every day so that Jesus teaches us how to be overcomers. We are more than conquerors, not even just to conquer. We are more than conquerors. Come on, let's not, let's silence the enemy by the presence of God, by His Holy Spirit filling us. Let it overflow our hearts. Oh, when the anointing's there, it will silence the enemy. Paul and Silas, they could have been silenced. Anyone's trying to silence them, the religious leaders are trying to silence them. The business people are trying to silence them because they'd set the girl free and now they're going to lose all their profit on this girl's gift in her life of a medium, but they were in prison and we're not silenced. We're going to silence the enemy by our praise. They didn't do it quietly. They sang so loud, everyone in the prison heard them. Hey, we silence the enemy when the church is not silent. When we praise like we're doing today, I encourage you, if you're in a meeting like this morning and you're not a singer or praiser, hey, God wants to set your heart free so you can praise without restriction. It's not how good a voice you've got. It's your spirit that needs to be free. 
You're not a good singer? Well, clap and raise your hands and let your soul just overflow and speak the name of Jesus all the way through, speaking that heavenly language. Because let me tell you, you are filling up and overflowing your soul so the enemy is silenced over your life for today and tonight and tomorrow and the next week. Oh God, let the anointing silence. Paul and Silas, I love them because they weren't silenced. The chains fell off them and off every in the whole God church, it overflows and everyone else can be free. Oh God, oh God, let us, let us learn to walk in that freedom and power of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 10.27 says, in that day, I reckon this sounds like this day, in this day, the Lord will remove the heavy burden from your shoulders and break the yoke of bondage from your necks because of the heavy anointing upon you. Whoa! When the presence of God fills you, let me tell you, your spirit will break free. Your heart will be loosed from the limitations and restrictions, from the shame and the trauma of your past. You will walk progressively into more and more freedom. And praising and worshipping and praying freely helps me see how free our spirits really are. So I'm really quiet and I don't pray in, out in public. Hey, God doesn't, I just don't see um, introverts, special, special claws for the introverts. Um, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit shy, so I'm sorry, I didn't see that in the Bible. We've got so many reasonings of our mind that limit you from living in freedom. Whoa, I was a shy young guy until I got born again and full of the Holy Spirit and something changed in my life and I haven't stopped shouting ever since. Because I learned not to be silenced. Because I know the freedom it brings. If I get a bit afraid, I just start speaking in tongues, start singing a song, and usually within one or two minutes, something shifts in my mind or my heart, and I just then start moving on because I've silenced the enemy by the anointing of God. This is not theory. I've worked out this actually is truth, and you need to work that out in your life, and many of you discovered it. Today, I'm just reminding some of you of the power of this because Paul and Silas learned when they're free, other people get set free. That's what God's doing. He's setting us free so that everyone around us gets free in the name of Jesus Christ. Two more quickly to wrap it up today. The second thing that happens when the anointing, when you're anointed with oil, eternity is awakened. It says you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That speaks about eternity. There's so much going on. We are swamped with information. Billions of amounts of information hitting us all the time. But hey, make sure you live in the light of eternity. We're citizens of heaven and we're sojourners or ambassadors or travelers on this earth. Doesn't mean we're just looking to escape. It says to occupy or live fully abundant life here so that it becomes so attractive everyone else wants to join you on the journey to heaven. Marilyn was at the op shop the other day and got a, a little book for, for joy. And it had a, this old run-down bus, but the name of the bus was Heaven. 
and the bus was getting restored and the whole community got restored because they got around this bus called heaven. It's a funny little story. <laughs> I was reading a joy that I thought, wow, this is quite powerful. When we've got an eternal perspective, when we've got an eternal perspective, everything shifts and changes of how we live, how we raise our kids, how we look to the future and not dwell in the past. Whoa, God wants to bring an eternal perspective for all of us. Not to be opting out of living here and influencing our neighbours and, and studying for the next five years so you can become a doctor or a teacher, whatever. Follow God's call and pen and passion for your life. But hey, make sure it has an eternal perspective. Matthew 19, 16 says, Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And some of you know the story. Has this discussion, Jesus says, you've got to keep the commandments. So he starts listing them all. He said, I've kept all those. He was obviously a really good man, but he was very rich. And Jesus knew that he was trusting in his riches instead of trusting in Jesus to receive eternal life. He said, go and sell your stuff. He wasn't expecting that. He was wanting to get ticked and all the commandments he's kept. Now, Jesus doesn't say that to everyone, but this was his God. For some people, it's your career or your education or your reputation or your family upbringing. Whatever it is, God will sit and say, hey, just lay that down for a while because you've got to learn to trust me and then I'll give you back what you need to have. And it says he walked away sad because he thought it was just too big of an ask. I reckon if he would have surrendered it to Jesus, he might not have even had to get rid of it all. He probably would have had to make sure Jesus was Lord of it all. So God works it. So this guy didn't have an eternal perspective. And that's really, really sad. He was focused on the present. The more aware you are of the presence and anointing of God, the more you'll influence lives on earth for his kingdom. And the last one, when the Holy Spirit's flowing, you will be overflowing. Woo! Overflow. Overflow. Just encourage you, Pastor Murray Newman's coming in three weeks' time. He came last year and we met him. Within minutes, I said, this guy's just overflowing with God's love and presence and power and joy. And he just loves life, loves people. He starts prophesying over our kids from looking at a photo on the phone because he, I said, how do you do this? He says, I look into their eyes, that reveals their spirit and I can tell you what God's doing in their lives. And, and, and because he just lives in this place of freedom and love and overflow, but he's just in a humility that just loves life. I thought, he's affected my life. Every time I talk to him, something just stirs up on the inside. Don McDonnell does the same. He just loves people and loves God so much. Every time I get near him, I just want to win the whole street to Jesus. Because they carry Jesus, they overflow with anointing out of their gift. And their hearts are free and not entangled by limitations. And I thank God, let me be like that. Lord, let our church be like that. Let all of us, no matter what age, background, how long you've been a Christian or whether you're still trying to work out where God fits into your life, maybe you're watching online today and say, hey, I'm not sure about this God stuff, but boy, you're passionate. I want to encourage you, open your heart. Return to your first love. So to wrap it up today, there's an overflow. Psalm 23 says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup 
overflows. One version said it's brimming to the full. And we read a little statement in the Word for Today the other day, Marilyn and I, and it says, it takes a steady hand to carry a full cup. If, you, if, you, if you're unsteady, you'll spill it everywhere. But when you have a steady heart on the foundation of God and his word and ways, you're not going to be tossed and frantically running here or there and spilling the cup. You can carry the full overflowing cup and deliver it to the thirsty souls. You can bring it to those who need help and hope. And I said, God, let my life be a steady hand that's overflowing so anyone that gets near me is going to feel something of God's love and grace. Oh, come on down, worship team. So today, I want to encourage you, make room for the anointing of the Spirit because three things are going to happen. Number one, it will silence the enemy. And even as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit's been reminding some of you where the enemies of fear, doubt, limitations, unworthiness, cultural traditions, religious backgrounds saying, well, I've just been brought up this way and it's just too hard to change. Wow, the Holy Spirit's very good at bringing change because he brings freedom. All you do is say, Lord, I'm open. Fill me. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will awaken eternity in our souls. And thirdly, there'll be overflow. John 7.37 says, Now on the last and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and called out in a loud voice, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who adheres to trust in and relies on me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. But he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been born. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.